What's up, guys? My name is Emerson, your favorite manic and melanated photographer. Hey, hey, this is Alex, or you can call me Peach, your local content creator and fruit enthusiast. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the Folk Bros Podcast. Podcast. This is your go-to show for advice and experiences for content creators from two local photographers from the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. We also have our producer, Shane, and our writer, Juliet. Now let's dive right in. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode two. So I'm going to give you a little brief recap of who we are. My name is Emerson. I am a portrait photographer based out of D.C. I've been doing photography since 2018. I focus on fashion portraits, and recently I've been diving into videography. This is Peach, or Alex. I've been doing photography and videography since 2018, and I just keep going on till this day. And this podcast, you might be wondering what it was intended to do, and it was to educate the public, to kind of just learn the basics and or like a photography, you know, learn from our experiences and our mistakes and and so on, you know, not just diving into the photography and videography, but also into the modeling world too, and to the creative community in general. Exactly. Yeah, we want to make sure everyone out there knows what they're doing, and as always, we're here for tips, advice, and so on. You guys might be wondering, what exactly are the origins of the Fote Bros? So it all started with, I'm actually, Emerson and I are actually part of a photography group in the area, specifically in Virginia, but we know we always travel to D.C. or to Maryland sometimes. Shout outs. Yeah, shout outs to those states. And, oh, wait. This is not a state. Soon, hopefully, very soon. <laughs> yeah, but but to those but those areas, yeah, we really do a lot around there. With like, depends on the area and if what's the theme of the meetup is. Like, what my group does or what our group does is look for a specific area for a photo shoot. You know, and we and everyone in the group collaborates and we come over there to that shoot to that area, and we just do our thing, record videos, like get our get the creative juices flowing, shoot, uh, do shoot photos and then eventually edit it and, you know, make a really good photo in the end, yep. you know, something that kind of like really the, the person enjoys, or I guess everyone in general enjoys. It's just something to just get, like I said before, get the creative juices flowing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not just a group of creators. We're also friends in a way. Yeah. It's uh, most of the time, it's usually just a group of friends hanging out, having fun. We're not just shooting pictures. We're socializing. We're just all getting along. It's it's all about the vibes when we get together. The vibes. All about the vibes. Yeah. We, you know, I mean, sometimes we just like do the shoot and then also go out to eat or something or hang out somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like something for us to talk about. It's just like, like everyone needs a friend, you know? And then we, we always like, we're there just to talk about random stuff and then, mm-hmm. you know, our adventures and then, hey, we should have done this and that. Like, it's just a good time. It really is a good time. Yeah. Now, we weren't originally called the Fote Bros. Like, not just the podcast, but the group. So yeah. how it started was we're actually called <laughs> the Fote Hose. And yeah. basically, it just took <laughs> photos and the word hose and combined it together. And this is shout out to Erica because she's the one who came up with it. Shout outs to the lead hose. Yes. And we have a council of people, you know, like three specific people who helped decide the location and the theme of it and so on. Like we do our research. And that's just the writer Juliet, me, and Erica. And Juliet and Erica are both models in and out, but Juliet is mostly a photographer. I'm mostly the photographer. Erica dabbles with it, but she mostly models. Mm-hmm. We're all like the whole council. 
And the reason that the name came to be, I mean, yeah, it was a joke. It was a joke. That's how it started. <laughs> and like, it wasn't even like, I didn't even know about it until the next day. I just woke up and I'm like, so we're called this now? And I mean, the reason for it is I think it's because we ended up talking about like photos, right? And photographers uh-huh. and photos. And eventually, I guess she said as a joke, because we said we are hoes for photos. Mm-hmm. And eventually they just combined and said, we're now the photos. And it was kind of a good play on words, you know? And yeah, so hilarious. we're all known as, well, hoes. We call ourselves hoes and all that. Yeah, we're all hoes. Yeah, so that's yeah. how. And then eventually, uh, well, Emerson can break this down of how the yeah. podcast came to be. Yeah, well, that's, that's, it's, a, it's a pretty funny situation with how the podcast started. It was actually just a joke at one point. When everybody met me in the photos group, everybody instantly heard how distinct my voice is. And everybody was saying, I can see you on a podcast. Specifically, our friend Chelsea. Shout out to Shout Chelsea. Shout out to Chelsea. Who said, I can definitely see you doing a podcast. So me, I went to Juliet and I was and I basically said, Hey. Have you ever thought about doing a, a hose podcast? She was all like, actually, I have been. Do you want to host it? And I was just like, oh, wait, what? I, I knew that would be your reaction. Yeah, I was I, I was a little I was a little scared. I've never done this. And I was just like, what did I just get myself into? So yeah. then Shane hit me up. And said, hey, I have the equipment. And I was just like, oh, this isn't really happening. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so we started thinking about, okay, Emerson, do you want to do it just by yourself? Or do you want to have a co-host? And I was like, please give me a co-host. Because <laughs> I, and shout out to you, Peach, for being an amazing co-host. Because I could not do this solo. <laughs> it's an honor for me to yeah. be here. No, no, it would like, be it would be so I don't I don't know I just want to be having fun I want to be laughing I want to be so relaxed right now if it was just me and Shane no offense to our producer Shane but it just would be pretty weird just me and him just looking at each other and just, just like while I'm talking about just some like topic. I'm gr- like I'm glad I was dragged yeah. into this like it's weird yeah. see like I don't know why this <laughs> keeps happening the next morning but I woke up and then I'm like part of a group chat now yeah. and then like someone I think it was Shane who asked me. Hey, Alex, do you have a radio personality? And I'm like, I guess. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, sometimes when I'm reading a book, I narrate the book out loud, right, to myself. Yeah. and I'm just I mean, like, if I'm alone, I, I do the same thing. I was just read it out loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I even sing in the shower, but like. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not the best. It's not the best voice. But, I mean, I sound really good at karaoke. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And today's topic, savviness versus spending. And it's basically just about tips and techniques on how to take professional quality photos on less expensive gear. Uh, because most people, what they do is they, if they want to get into, break into photography and videography, they just think, you know what, I'm going to spend $20,000 on this camera. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, th- those that take good photos automatically. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you can do that. You can learn eventually. But, mm. you know, if it's, a, if it's that much money, first of all, it's going to be... It's expensive, yeah, but it's also going to be a very professional camera, especially if it's that expensive. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can learn eventually, but there's a lot of stuff to it that maybe it's you're better off with the camera that's 
one, less expensive, and two, something you can practice the basics on. Yeah, because a lot of the pro-level cameras that are, like, starting out at, like, 5, 6K, it is so... It's like learning another language. I'm glad. When I started out, I started out on a starter DSLR. Starter DSLRs are affordable, and it's all about just basic settings. On my R6, there's a million other settings that you will need to learn when you go to a pro-level camera. And so whenever I tell anybody who's starting out, start out on a budget camera, you will not regret it at all. Yeah, exactly. When I started, I was I used a film camera. I always wanted a film camera. <laughs> it's really nice. It's really nice. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of one there's a lot of film cameras out there. Mm-hmm. And the one I started out with, I was in a photography class in high school. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. I took photo and digital as well. Yeah, I, I only <laughs> stuck with film in that in the high school. Mm-hmm. It, I think it was when in college when I started moving on to digital. Yeah. Yeah. When I was doing film, it was, don't remember the exact camera. I know it was a Canon or something, but Mm -hmm. there was a lot of mechanisms to it. I'm like, you know, I'm never, it's going to be so tough to learn this, but you know, it really, it's not all that hard. I mean, the instructor, I actually forgot her name. Mm. Uh, I mean, her first name was probably Rebecca or something, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just Rebecca, but but yeah, yeah she she really taught us well about everything, mm-hmm. and it was I was really impressed about all that, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna take these skills, I'm gonna apply it to the film camera. I mean, yeah, we also learned about developing the film, um, how to. Oh, make, that's the fun part. I heard it, it is the developing fun. the film. Yeah. I mean, I, it is, obviously it's expensive for all the chemicals you have to get, mm-hmm. and you have to have a dark room, have the red light on. <clears throat> and uh, dip it into each chemical for a certain amount of time and in order to get the photos. I mean, there's like three different batches of chemicals you have to dip it in. Yeah, I told my wife whenever we decide to buy a house, I want a dark room in our basement, and she told me no. So damn, it's going to be rough when okay. I move okay. out. <laughs> okay, okay, hear me out. Do it anyway, okay? I probably will. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, just, just convince her, you know, you, you, uh-huh. need, you need a shed. Yeah. And then just make it in the shed. Make it, yep. Oh, dude, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my class. And it was actually pretty interesting. You know, it did mm-hmm. tell me, taught me the basics. The, the digital class I had in college eventually taught me a lot more, not just about that, but the softwares to use to edit photos, you know, like mm-hmm. Photoshop and Lightroom. I just found it fun for me to just not just play around with like different adjustments, but also personalize the photo in, a, in a, any way I want, like color wise, yeah. um, you know, the contrast, the exposure, everything, you know, the brightness, um, any way you want. And it, I just found that fun. It was just amazing for the, the creations we can make. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it, it, like I always say, it's about the person using the camera, never the gear. I've, I've heard countless people on Instagram that are just starting out. They're all like, I've been following this photographer for a while. I got the same gear he uses, spent eight grand. Why don't my photos look like that? And I'm just like, it's not the camera. Definitely not. It's not the camera, y'all. Keep studying. Keep watching your YouTube videos. Keep developing those skills on that $500 DSLR that you got. Yeah, like we mentioned last time, YouTube University, okay? Yep. They really help a lot. Like so many videos out there, so many topics. Some of the videos may not be as exciting, but they have, they're, they're jam-packed with a lot of information. A plethora of information. Oh, yeah. And, but you have to remember, you know, when you play around with these photos and whenever, like, depending on what you shoot on or 
Well, actually, not really. Like, you know, you can use any type of camera regarding film or mm-hmm. regardless of film or if it's digital or something. You always can play around with it, right? But one of those things is lighting, you know, especially lighting. It's a big thing. It's a big category. But no, well, not even a category, but it's a big topic in photography. I mean, it, it, lighting will make or break any photo. You, if you have too much light, photos most likely ruin too little light your photo is going to come out super grainy and just not as presentable. So lighting is super, super, super important to capturing a great portrait, at least in my opinion. No, it's true. It's true. But you have to remember when it comes to playing around with that, like you got to use any light at your disposal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, One of the big ones, the sun up there, natural light. Oh, it's going to shine brightly on you on a sunny day, maybe even a bit of a cloudy day or partly cloudy day. Mm-hmm. And it will use you, you can use it to your advantage. I think we mentioned this before, but if it's cloudy, clouds act as a na- natural diffuser too if it just gets in the way. Yeah. So this way, if it's too much harsh light, which you can still shoot in, the cloud is there to help diffuse it a bit. So this way, it is, your photo doesn't come out so harsh overwashed overexposed and everything with the clouds make everything even and everything to the perfect exposure and in the end your camera is going to like it too because when you have harsh light sometimes your camera body will start going bonkers because it can't it's all like overexposed 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 yeah Yeah. happened a lot like because i think i was shooting in uh well, manual mode was obviously was not my first mode. It was always aperture or shutter speed mode. Mm-hmm. But whenever the light changes or whenever your position changes, obviously that's going to change too. Yep. Yeah, so it tends to happen a lot. But the natural light is just not just the only light source out there. Well, you have to remember when you're shooting outside, yeah, it's going to be, it's sunny, you know, most times. But what you have to remember is that there's a lot of other light sources out there that's not, well, like let's say let's take nighttime for example, you're in a certain part of a city or somewhere. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah there's a lot of lampposts that can mm-hmm. be used, and then eventually you can change the color of that and you know like the lighting, like the frequency of the light later on in your software when it comes to editing. Mm-hmm. But that but that's just like a lamppost is one thing, but there's also the, all those neon light signs and all that. Oh, I love when I see a nice neon neon sign at nighttime yeah i mean like sometimes i'm just walking around i'm all like dang why don't i have a model right now or some subject that i can capture this in the especially when they're wearing glasses yeah glasses and a neon sign really great money really money yeah reflective sun reflective sunglasses too yes really help like i'm wearing right now (laughs) (laughs) but it's just really it's just really great to just like you can see the results like you don't even sometimes you don't even need a specific model. Like there's people walking, like sometimes like let, there's people walking around. Like if you live around the area, one of my favorite places to shoot photos is in Georgetown. Have you ever shot in Georgetown? I haven't. I've been trying to, but every time I try to shoot in Georgetown, it always ends up being a rainy day. And I'm just like, come oh. on. I have the worst luck when I, when I book Georgetown shoots because I'm just like, it's, it's going to rain. It's always rains. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think it's rain from, I mean, yeah. it's rain for me sometimes, but whenever, mm-hmm. yeah, whenever. But Georgetown, I've been, I've walked around Georgetown at night and just the lighting from the little shops and everything is just amazing for somebody who's a natural light photographer like me, doesn't like using any strobes or anything. Georgetown would be the spot I would shoot at. 
Yeah, you know what? Actually, I did a few months ago. I actually hung out with my friends Khadija and Safia. Shout out to them. Oh, they're also Khadija. yeah, Khadija <laughs> and Safia. Yeah. They're both best friends. They're some of my close friends. They're actually part of the photos too. They're two. Safia is a bit of a photographer too, a little bit, but her and Khadija, they're both models mostly. Mm-hmm. I actually hung out with them. Surprisingly, every time I was in Georgetown, it's always like on a cold winter night, which <laughs> it, it isn't too bad, but I shot with, I did, I just did dinner with them and then mm-hmm. we eventually got some insomnia cookies afterwards. Oh, I love insomnia cookies. Oh, insomnia oh cookies my gosh. The best. Yum. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, there's, it's, George sounds really amazing, but I actually had my, po- I didn't bring my whole camera because it was just bulky and it just felt uncomfortable to bring the whole backpack and just, yeah. So what I did I actually brought my point and shoot camera. Oh. Yeah. Which I, it, nice. I yeah, the exposure, it went up to it was like 400 and mm-hmm. it, it was really nice to at least shoot some of that. Like I even used my iPhone to record some moody type of videos because I, because yeah. I, you're able to edit videos in Lightroom. And that's what I did. And I just recorded some of Georgetown and then eventually de- had the film developed. Amazing. Yeah. And it's, re- it's really great. It's honestly, I, re- I mean, yeah, some of the photos came out grainy, but others actually came out really well, more than like better than what I expected. I just had to play around with the colors a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it just looked very vintage to me. Like I was very moody, like something like that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. See, sometimes you don't really need specific models when it comes to that. Like you can t- take pictures of the buildings themselves, the lights themselves, and then play around Indeed, with it. Indeed, yeah. Even people walking around. Yeah, I'm a little weird about shooting people that are just walking yeah. around. Like, okay, yeah, it's, we- shots of, it's yeah. weird sometimes. It's like, like they do that, right? But sometimes, uh-huh. and then like if you, it's some, I don't know if it's really a bad, what do, what do you say? Is it a good moment or a bad moment when you're taking the shot and then they look at you? It depends. And they're like, what, it do, what are you really doing? It really depends. That can either go good or very, very bad. Yeah. I mean, not saying they're going to go up to you and like punch you in the face or something. I mean, my, maybe. Okay, well, maybe. We, we don't know that. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I guess some people just don't like it, but you might. I mean, you got to take risks sometimes when it comes to this. It's sometimes you got to take a risk to create some art. I mean, I mean, you're out there. I mean, you see a lot of people on like social media and all that. Mm-hmm. You say take pictures of like... Uh, this is one photographer on TikTok. I don't remember his, like his. Oh, handle. I think you're the one that walks up to random people and is just like, "Oh my God, you're so gorgeous! Can I take a picture of you or something?" Well, that's one guy who does it, but yeah. he but he asks, and this is one yeah. specific model, like a specific model, and he asked him. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, that makes me cringe. Yeah, I'm, there's a. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does it in a very appropriate way. Yeah, an appropriate way. Yeah, and and, and professional, if, mm-hmm. if I would say. Yeah. But there's other, this is one other photographer. He actually, he says he takes photos of people on the street. He's like, makes them into main characters of a movie. He's makes them the main characters. So like he goes up to homeless people and just well, like, no, hey, like, no, like, no, no, like, for example, he shot in, I think he was, this is when New York, he shot in Chinatown at one point. Uh-huh. And he, this is one just guy walking down the street in the crosswalk. Uh-huh. And then the guy is just walking and like, he focuses on him. Everyone else is like, Walking by as either it's a bit more blurry or they're just out of the picture. Oh. He focuses on that one person. And I think when he edits the picture, he uses like a beignet to kind of darken everything else mostly, or at oh, least wow. the people around. Mm-hmm. And then he's, I, I get what he means, but he's the main character. So oh. that was his model for that moment, you know? And he does this a lot with a lot of other people who walk by. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's times where it actually end up looking at it. now. Another guy does the same thing in another part of the country, like in Switzerland, maybe Belgium. But 
every time the people look at him, like when he captures their photos, they always end up, almost always end up smiling at him. I guess it happens sometimes, it's not all the time. I mean, people are happier outside of here. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that goes into that. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. But yeah. Something else in addition to light, you got to play around with the dark side. Shadows. Oh, this is, yeah, this is my specialty right here. Yeah. Especially I, during harsh light. Okay. So I know I said in the last podcast, don't shoot at high noon. You can shoot at high noon. You just have to work with the harsh shadows. There are ways you can get over that and everything. It's just going to take some practice. But shadows are your friends. When you're doing a harsh light or you're doing a shoot at high noon, find a fence. Let the shadows of the fence get on your subject's face. Creates something so abstract, so beautiful, so different that it will catch another person's eye. It really, it really does help. Yeah. Like the shadows that you find everywhere, like Mm -hmm. fences, rails. Oh yeah. If you're indoors, there's a like, you know, window frames that Mm -hmm. really help. Banisters. Banisters. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes curtains, sometimes curtains and drapes. I mean, blinds too. They do. Yeah. Years ago I did a boudoir shoot in a B and B and the light was coming in and we just opened the blinds a little bit and it was just the most, awesome shadow pattern yeah there's there's i mean yeah there's actually ways you can create it on photoshop too yeah it's it's a bit of a process but you can do that on there too Mm -hmm. but when you do it naturally it's just it just turns out really really great yeah it just creates like a certain emotion and it just uh, makes it powerful in my opinion and you can play around and this is one way of playing around with the shadows you know i mean Mm. yeah you can like depends of how much you want it in like yeah it's it's one thing to have it come through certain objects and create shapes Mm-hmm. But it's also another thing to like, I think one photo of yours, there was one model who had like half of her body covered in shadows. Like it, it was, it was bright enough for anyone to look at. Right. But the mm-hmm. other side was more, the sun got her other side. Yeah. The other half I like to play with shadows. So whenever I'm walking around an area, when I'm doing a shoot and I see like streaks of sh- shadows, I tell my model, Hey, let me get you posed up right here. And I, try to figure out where the shadows are going in a way that will look flattering and I capture a shot. So whenever I'm, whenever I'm anywhere and I see some really nice shadows, I just go crazy because I just know the shot's going to look amazing and beautiful once it's done. In addition to that, always play around with your environment. And what I mean by that is like, if you're shooting in nature, you know, it's, it's one thing to play around is with the light, right? Mm-hmm. But like, let's say there's a bunch, and this is shadows too. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's a, you're shooting in a forest somewhere and then you want some of that shadow and some of that light. Mm-hmm. Light, sometimes like the sun will come beaming through a bunch of leaves and branches from a tree or something. Mm-hmm. And then it'll shine through. It'll create some sort of like a, a heavenly, sort of heavenly beams of light coming mm-hmm. down on you. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but it'll happen. You just have to keep your eye out for it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll shine through. And then like on the model, It'll look really amazing. I mean, maybe even not just a model, maybe like a certain path in a forest. It just looks amazing, especially after you edit it. And like that shot itself is actually pretty great. Like really amazing when it when it, when it pops out. Like, but that's just one example of playing with the environment. There's like so many ways you can play around with it. Like any examples come to mind to you? 
I mean, I, I said it before with the fences and yeah, yeah, stuff that's one, like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even even in cities with the buildings, sometimes buildings will cast like I can't even explain <laughs> what I'm trying to explain, but well, like, I do believe I think I know what you're saying. I, I yeah, do, I think because I I've been around in Farragut West in DC, and what happens? Downtown, with, yeah, yeah. What tends to happen is like there's buildings like near Dupont too. Mm-hmm. On a certain time of the day, either in the early morning or maybe late afternoon, mm-hmm. depends where you are or depends where the build- buildings are. Mm-hmm. It'll shine on the building and mm-hmm. then create like a certain like glare or something. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly like what I'm really, talking about. Yeah, it'll create <laughs> yeah. a really good reflection right there. Yeah. I've seen it on buildings and it's just, it shines on part of the building and it shines mm-hmm. on the windows. And then mm-hmm. it can, it, for me, I look, I look at it and I'm, it's a bit eerie because I picture it in black and white and that looks really good. Mm-hmm. And it's also eerie. That's one thing, see, but that's more so like architectural or street photography. Mm-hmm. But you can also put a subject around and see what you can come up with as well. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Because mm-hmm. you can, you can, if you want, you can try your best to apply it to if you're shooting a model or something. You can exactly. Yeah, or if you're like a certain like pigeon or mm-hmm. actually, we don't have pigeons in DC, do we? Yeah, we do. We do. We do. If you ever walk downtown, there's a ton of pigeons, especially. Okay, maybe I'm not paying attention. I got yeah. Okay, I gotta Lafayette Park is like a t- has a ton of them. Where's the Lafayette Square? Uh, I've only been living in DC for two years. You okay, may I, pass I, on that one. Okay, <laughs> I, 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 just, I, I just take the train and just walked. Okay, so I gotta pay attention to. The, yeah, but, I mean, but but if there's a pigeon, you can yeah. you can find mm-hmm. it, take a picture of it. Like that's you know an example of a model right there, and in using your environment, yeah, because those pigeons will go anywhere mm-hmm. see and then you just have to roll with the punches now dc does have pigeons but it's not like new york city yeah amount it's pretty, of pigeons it, there's it's a very limited amount of pigeons in dc but there, there are pigeons yeah there's more rats here than there's pigeons. more rats yeah, yeah. although <laughs> i don't see anyone take pictures of rats right but like i said roll with the punches because like you're always going to find a certain subject anywhere mm-hmm. and you just gotta exactly yeah you just gotta work with what you got right there Dry, dry lips. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't have chapstick. It sucks. Because oh. I run my mouth a lot. And I'm not... Oh, my God. So I know we were talking about all these things with cameras, DSLRs, film cameras, mirrorless. But now we're going to dive into the world of something that everybody has in their pocket every single day. Well, not everybody, but some people. Yeah. We're talking about iPhones, iPhone photography. Yeah, see that little like that little rectangle in your pocket can do so much <laughs> for so many people. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a phone, right? It has the word iPhone in it. Mm-hmm. You can make phone calls with it. You can text people. You can FaceTime people. You can take pictures too, right? And I mean, yeah, you can play YouTube on it. You can play mm-hmm. games on it. You can um, take cinema quality videos as well. Yeah, they they are Apple. Like for example, I, I'm only saying because we both have iPhones. Mm-hmm. They really did a lot to enhance it up to us. Like up to now, like there's like iPhone what 14. Yeah, we're on 14 now. I don't know what's the next one up. Yeah, it might be. 
Hear me out. Okay. The 15th. The 15th, yeah, whenever they announce that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, whenever they will. But the, the, I feel like they're going to do it soon. Yeah. Because it seems like every time I try to get a new one, like an upgrade, mm-hmm. they, then they say, hey, here comes the iPhone 15 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll do something like, or the iPhone X or whatever it's called. Yeah. But yeah, that's what they're going to do. And they really did a lot to um, enhance it. Like, like cinema mode really just like, I, okay, so I unfortunately have like what, an iPhone 11 at the moment. Mm-hmm. I might upgrade soon, yeah. but you have the iPhone 14. I have the 13 Pro Max. 13. I don't have the 14. Okay, 13. The only difference between the 13 and the 14 is the dynamic island. So me, I don't have a dynamic island, which is just a section of the phone that's just like, it's weird. I can't even explain it. Uh, but yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, but but what mm-hmm. but what baffled me at first is actually when they introduced in their in one of their ads was a cinema mode. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, because because yeah. I know this is like because <laughs> that's I don't know I think that's specifically for videography, right? Yeah, specifically for videography. Basically, it films in thirty frames per second, but the bokeh is so like. Yeah, I saw that. It's amazing. Everything is super blurred out, but your subject. So it's really it's it's really eye opening. Yeah, like some people use it to just film themselves, like, well, mm-hmm. you know, doing like a certain video, a podcast, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's it's pretty. It's a it's a different. Yeah, it's. I can't even explain it. It's just wow. Yeah, but that's regarding videos. I mean, they do well in videos too, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. What I what we told people actually before in the previous episode, I think even now, regarding equipment and gear. Well, you. Well, this is just me too. Like when I started digital photography, I always started with an iPhone because I was like, okay, let's say, let's see, I gotta learn, you know, different stuff like the angles, the lighting, and the so on. You can control the shadows and the lighting on certain mm-hmm. points in the in the video. Oh no, sorry, the photo. And you, yeah, you controls you can control the shadows and lights in the photos, and you can do so much with it. I mean, yeah, you can edit it afterwards, but it, like that, that's how you can start with. And it's really interesting all you can do with that little rectangle in your pocket. It's a pretty powerful little rectangle. Yeah. What what a lot of people actually even probably, I don't know if a lot of people use this, but see, like if I go on my iPhone right now, Mm -hmm. they have, well, this is at least for my phone. Okay. They have the time-lapse mode. Oh yeah, I still have that. Yep. Yeah. They have Mm -hmm. a little, it takes a lot, a lot of memory, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting. You leave your phone somewhere and it'll record like, it'll crunch everything that you Mm -hmm. record. You know, but, but that's interesting to me, and it's actually pretty interesting that they added that to the phone. Yeah. Another thing that actually takes up a lot of memory, slow mo. Slow mo does really well. I've rarely, I rarely use time lapse or slow mo, so I didn't know it. Well, time lapse is up. one thing, but uh-huh. slow mo. Well, you probably, I don't know if you ever use it. They actually use. It. I've never. The only slow mo I use is on my Canon that I use. Okay, well, I actually yeah. use it a few times. I actually mm-hmm. did it for basic stuff. Oh. I just dropped like a little marble in a glass of water. And then oh. recorded that in slow mo. It's actually interesting because the way it captures that ball just coming through, and then like the slow motion, like the different motions wow. that it's that's made in the water just splashing. Uh-huh. It's just it's interesting to look at because like the structures change each time and the flow yeah. of the water. It's amazing, but that's slow mo. You can do it with anything. You can do it with just basically just recording people running and mm-hmm. just slow it down. A lot of people use it. It's interesting. Well. From what I saw in videos, like, or at least, like, some people use it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's actually interesting. I don't know if Apple did this, but I, there was one phone company that actually put it out in their new phone that's going to come out at some point. There's this one in the ad. One woman was actually recording her son 
uh, running in, I guess, like a running competition, like cross country or something. And she was using her phone. And apparently the new phone that is coming out, it records a person, like, for example, if they're doing an action, like running, for example. Mm-hmm. But there's a st- there's a stability mode. And so, so, for example, if you record, if I use my phone to record someone now running, mm-hmm. obviously uh, it's going to be a lot of motion in there. Oh yeah, that's new. I, I think that's that's coming out with. I think Apple's coming out with that. They are. I think so. It's called Action Mode. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. That's, right. uh, yeah. I think yeah. Apple's. Apple, I think that's Apple written all over. I think. Yeah, and they can do, yeah. and now uh-huh. you can do the same thing, but now it's more. The video's more stable. You don't even need like a whole tripod or a selfie stick to keep it stable. It's just it's it's interesting to see how far we've come with this with the technology here. And you can do see you can do videos now, high quality videos and no blurriness, no motion mm-hmm. and you know, it can keep it still. It does it for you. So interesting, you know. And video, see, I have a standard video mode and then mm-hmm. I go to photos and then right next to it, what do I see? Portrait mode. Oh, portrait mode. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like, you know, cuz you thought I thought I could just do it with my my camera this whole time and then and then I think there was, I forget which phone actually introduced it, but when it was introduced, and then now you have portrait mode that just focuses on the subject, you know, mm-hmm. regardless if it's a person. Blurs out that background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just, it does it so well. And what's even better, you know, you look into it, you probably know, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of different modes on there. Mm. There is natural light mode, contour light mode, studio yep. light, stage light, stage light mono, and high key light mono. Each for with the different purpose. So natural light, obviously, as self-explanatory right there, natural light from a sun. Studio lights. Well, I'm not familiar with every single mode, but I do know that stage light mono and high key light mono, like it does it in, you know, monotone colors like black and white. Mm-hmm. But like, for example, stage light will actually focus the light on you. So it's like like it like it's a stage light. So, for example, it'll probably brighten your body up or your whatever subject you're shooting up. Yeah. But everything else will make it dark or black. So it's just you in the picture. And I find that so interesting. It's just a, like, so have you used any of these modes at all? Like portrait mode, you, you already used, but you never used any of those modes? I've never used any of those. Well, I've usually done like most of, I mean, I guess I'm not too creative with my iPhone, actually. Well, I try. I, I was I was bored during like the COVID quarantine, and I was like experimenting with it every little bit I got, every every chance I got. Because what mm-hmm. I did, what I've noticed that people are doing in order to get like, it's interesting because I saw this one guy. He actually was recommending people do this for their profiles when it comes to professional pictures, like for LinkedIn or even for their dating profiles. Take a moody or emotional picture. Using natural light coming from the window, mm-hmm. but use like, like, I think it was either natural light mode or one of the mono modes. Mm-hmm. Basically, take a picture with shadow. Let the natural light come in through the window, light half of your body, and then the other half is just all you know blacked out with shadow, or most of it is. So, and then like, imagine you're at the window and you're crossing your arms looking this way, look or looking to your well, depending right or left, depending where the window mm-hmm. is, and then the natural light comes in, and then you're just like this. And it's black and white, and then like there's a lot of detail on this side, and then not so much on this side, but that's the, kind of the point. Okay. You know, like and it creates an emotional picture right there, and the fact that it's done on an iPhone, that's just 
it's just it's it, it baffled me at first. Yeah. Was sort of like there's so much you can do with this little thing. I mean, I just started really getting creative with my. I don't know if you've been following my Instagram story the past oh, couple days. Yeah, yeah. You Taking actually, those. Yeah, I've been ta- I've been messing with shadows big time, and I was just like, wow, this iPhone can do a lot. Yeah, just like we said before, mess, mm-hmm. like feel free to mess with the lights and the shadows. Mm-hmm. So like different emotions you can create on there, like either something bright and happy, or something you know more shadowy, but also like a dark feeling, like maybe yeah. some sorrow in there. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like I said, you can do so much with these iPhones. But, but that's for photos, you know. For videos, it's something a whole lot different. Yeah, videos is really, like, I'm, I'm impressed with how Apple has done their iPhones. Videos are just mind-blowing. So there is, first off, you, you have two, I think you have two or you have two options. You have, you can film in 1080p or 4K. 4K, you can film 24 frames per second, 30 frames per second, 60 frames per second. I don't know if there's 120. There's not 120 frames per second. And you can also do the same thing for 1080p as well. Another thing that Apple has done is on their videos, there is a ProRes option, which makes everything super duper sharp and smooth motion. But it is only available in 30 frames per second, which is basically your normal YouTube video. And if you're watching the news, the news are filmed in 30 frames per second. 24 frames per second, which is what which is what amazes me is this iPhone cam. My iPhone 13 Pro Max has HDR Dolby Vision, which is what is used in many major films today on those cameras. So I film in 4K 24 frames per second on the Dolby Vision mode, and it's just like, did a phone take this, or is this a $10,000 camera? The endless possibilities you can do when it comes to video on an iPhone, it's just, just even talking about it and looking at my iPhone right now and playing around with stuff, it's just still mind-blowing how much power you have in the palm of your hand with this piece of technology right here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just have to have the memory yes. to deal with that. Oh, no, you can go back and delete it afterwards. But, yeah, yeah there's just so much you can do with it. And it's just like, I mean, I mean yeah, I'm repeating myself, but I'm, I'm <laughs> to this day, I'm still baffled yeah. at how much we've come along. And it's still gonna, obviously there's going to be a lot more improvements. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so hyped to see what where they can go even yeah. further with this. Because, like, you know, we always started with one it started with one lens, I think, for mm-hmm. the very first one. And, like, a little now like it's microphone. Like, yeah, now, now it's, like, like, two, three lenses. The, I have two lenses. You have yeah, three lenses. Because right? Pro, yeah, the Pro the pro versions, I think, have three, and the regular versions have two. As for which is better, there's no, there's not really a difference, to be honest. In my opinion, I've, I've, I've used a regular 13. It works the same way the Pro does, so... Yeah, I really don't know why there's a price difference, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> I don't know. You leave it to them, it's kind of. I think it's marketing or something. And maybe we should talk to one of those employees at Apple, you know, because I'm like, because I, I want an explanation. <laughs> I want an explanation, really. Yeah. Yeah, but but this kind of, but going back to the whole, you know, like work with your budget, you know, like th- mm. that's one thing you can start with. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's just not that, not that hard, honestly. Like, this is one way to start it. Yeah. It's, so amazing but but yeah but don't make the mistake obviously of buying a really expensive camera you stay oh, stick with what you got iphones yep. mm-hmm. yeah because like still that like like a lot of cameras nowadays the ones that are more really advanced um they cost so much 
Yeah. So they much. They definitely can. And then the new wave of lens now, like, especially the Canon RF series, I'm just like, Canon, what are y'all doing? Like, you can get the, I mean, these, the RF lenses, like, are starting. If you want a decent lens, it's like dropping $700. Yeah. But, yeah. like, so I literally just buy my EF mount lenses and just get an adapter to add on to my, to my R6 and just use my old lenses on my R6 because... Man, it's getting crazy nowadays. <laughs> these yeah, I mean, cameras are getting pricey. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I say work with your budget, you know, obviously there's like so many things out there you can use. You can use yeah. like Facebook Marketplace, eBay. Mm -hmm. I think there's another example, maybe oh. Amazon, but mm -hmm. they, they tend to just give the same price that they usually sell at other places like mm -hmm. Best Buy or something. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I personally, I use eBay, Facebook Marketplace usually. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any other recommendations. I mean, I, maybe there's MQB. They tend to lower prices. I use K when I got my R6. I use KEH. True. Okay, that is KEH. They have some great prices, and their employees are awesome as ever. Like when I oh. called them and talked to them about stuff, they are so well versed and just will. It's just awesome talking to them. Yeah. Shout out to KEH. KEH. Yeah. But but they, yeah, they have a lot of good prices. Like like when I started, I have my Nikon D3200. It's a DSLR from I think I think it came out around either 2011 or before 2011 but it was a really good dslr it did really well for it like it did, there were some flaws i admit for example like the iso you know how to uh control that brightness in their kinder photo mm -hmm. it only went up to 6400 and it didn't really i didn't really Damn. like that i know it made the photos a lot greeny whenever mm -hmm. i shot at night yeah and so it didn't really do that well but it did take some good photos you know and then the lens the, the body itself along with everything it came with i think i got it from ebay it was a hundred dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, not not not. It wasn't nice. that bad. Nice. However, the lens. It was a third. My my first lens was like a prime lens, a 35, 35 millimeter. Mm -hmm. It was really good, and it was a cost about the same price. So I had to get that separately, like a week later. Interesting. Yeah, but all from eBay, you know. And they had like for a really good price for a, for a camera that actually taught me the basics. It was old, but it was. I mean, pretty well. You know? There you go. Yeah, I did so much with it. And it's, I, there's still so much I can do with it, but I moved on to a mirrorless <laughs> yeah. Sony a7 II. Uh -huh. you know, and so I'm practicing with that now or doing a lot with that now. So it's just, it's just really good for, you know, like I still, I still, I'm very grateful for Nikon or that Nikon camera that I got because mm -hmm. it was a cheap price. I got, it was a good lens. I mean, yeah, eventually I got an 85 millimeter lens, which is for portraits. It's a big boy lens. Really big lens. And it was like 200 maybe $300, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But it was a portrait lens. It was big. And it would actually, it, just, it did really well. It, it really helped me a bit. Man, Canon's prices are ridiculous. I wish I could find yeah, that's what 85, I never did. 85 millimeter for that much. I mean, the RF lens is 85 millimeter. It's like $1,000 right now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I never really bothered to get into Canon. At all. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, everyone's using Canon. No one's using Nikon as far as I can see. So I, I just don't want to learn a whole new system. That's the only thing. So I'm just sticking with Canon. <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah. But yeah. But always remember, you know, like, like, again, repetition, but stick with your budget because gear... Like it doesn't like cheap gear. It, it's sometimes it's better than expensive gear. I mean, yeah, there's some limitations, but not a lot. You can still do a lot with the, it. Guess, you could do a ton with. I wouldn't even call it cheap gear. I call it budget gear. 
Because you working with a that's budget. a that's a good way to word it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheap yeah. gear is like a term that they use to just kind of talk down to photographers, just because they are not spending ten thousand dollars on equipment. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's some photographers out there who like they think they're like the big cheese. I met mm-hmm. a lot of them on Twitter who say mm-hmm. like just because they have cheap gear, they're they they're suck they suck at content creating. That there's they're really bad content creators. There's a couple in this area that did that to me but i'm not naming names on this podcast yeah true actually (laughs) i I sort of i knew i knew about a guy who did that same thing but he was from london or something or he was from i know he was like you know like he's like i'm being real with you brother and then he he literally said that he literally said i'm being real with you like if you get into photography like Uh you 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 gotta you gotta find a way to be you know, just um, as good as me or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because uh, I'm in big in the game and I'm like, Shh, right, yeah, right. yeah. But he insulted people on Twitter, like their photographs. Oh no, <laughs> I know. I'm like, he like, who gave you the right to critique all these photos? Exactly. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, but like, just because you have cheap gear or I guess like you call it budget gear, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't doesn't really make you a bad content creator. But what really actually makes content really great. And 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 think think about this. Okay, you got to play around with a lot of stuff, and I'm just I'm not just saying the environment, but with like so many, like different, not like not just even materials, but like you got to experiment out there, dabble with each different type of photography in order to mm-hmm. find like something you're good at. Like let's exactly. uh, what's the word niche? Yeah, like I didn't start out just doing portraits. Yeah, most no one us, did. Most of us did not start out with whatever. Well, some people did. I mean. Well, I mean, everyone starts small. Like, see, yeah. like, like I said before, I started with nature and I started with insects too. Mm-hmm. I saw like different crickets, grasshoppers, mm-hmm. and you know what? They stood still for luckily for a moment, mm-hmm. and I'm like just turning my phone around or like using my film camera or something, yeah. taking a shot of that, and then it just came out really great. Same mm-hmm. with flowers because flowers are probably the best models to start oh, with. Oh yeah, flowers. Yeah, you go to any botanical garden. Yes. Like uh, I did a really good project for my photography class in the the, the botanical garden in DC near the mm-hmm. Capitol building. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. You know, I mean, yeah, it's small, but like the moment you just walk around, it's just so spacious. Yeah. Different plants in different areas. Like my favorite was obviously, and if you you probably been at the garden before, right? Yeah, I've been to the botanical garden. Yeah, like yeah. there was that one tropical area, like mm-hmm. the tropical part. Yeah, you can just walk around. If you have a zoom lens, great. You can even take shots of <laughs> like different plants there. It's just so amazing what you can do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah and then I think they have a lot of steam there too, and then because of the tropical part, and then like its lines, like light shines through. Sometimes that's true. the one thing I like about the botanical garden because it's just so open and just the natural light in there is just beautiful. Now I've seen people try to do portrait shoots in there and it goes terribly wrong. Guys, yeah, don't, don't do photo shoots in federal properties if you don't have a permit or at least call well, beforehand. If anything, yeah. the only reason my photos just came out bad mm-hmm. is because of the lack of space because people kept walking around. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's not a big space. It's not. It's a big not. Space. It's very. <laughs> it's very limited. So I. I wouldn't, re- I mean, we tried it, my, my group, the photos, like, we, we tried it before, mm-hmm. but we, it was very limited. Now, if anything, we probably got more shots in the outside garden, not the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but that's just that. But um, going back to it, nature photography is always the easiest to start with, in my opinion. It, like, like, that's I, you how know, I started. It might be your niche. You never know. But I believe yeah. that's like the best way to start. Yeah, maybe even street photography is a good way to start too, but it tends to be I difficult. Mean, I mean, anything, I mean, the best start to any photography is whatever you step your foot out to. Yeah. Just start to, yeah. like when I started, I was all like, shoot everything. Shoot everything. Just literally like a pebble on the ground, 
this here, this here, that hook right there on the ceiling right here in the studio. Yeah. Of just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going like, like maybe like very light hiking, like in, uh, yeah. Like in the, uh, that one trip, what's that one trip? The Billy Goat Trail? Yeah. And, uh, what's the, what's it, what's, what's that park called or, isn't that like Maryland or something? Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, like the Maryland and Virginia have a difference. Like, it's the same park, but they have uh, two different sizes. Great Falls. Great Falls. Yeah, yeah there's Great people, Falls, Maryland, and Great Falls, Virginia. Yeah, okay. which I think maybe Maryland is is the better, the best side, right? Because like the, the, it's more like I have no idea. It's more of a challenge. Yeah. All I know is the homes out there start at like thirty million dollars. They <laughs> the, the homes there are look so it's like McMansions. It looks so yes. amazing. Yeah, but yeah, they do cost a lot. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I work in real estate. I've I've seen the numbers on those. I'm just kind of like Picking I'm out. broke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. One day. One day. But yeah, but nature photography. Now the most. Now I guess we all have our own opinion about what the most difficult niche or a different difficult photography out there is to kind of like get a good grasp on. Like, like you said, it was astro, right? No, I said weddings. Weddings? Well, weddings, astro, I don't have much knowledge on astro photography. All I know is wedding photography seems like it is the most stressful, long, it's just everything because I've, I'm still technically a newlywed with my wife. We got married in October. And congrats. Thanks. <laughs> and just seeing how much our wedding photographer had to do that whole day, like the day started at like 7 a.m., she was at our Airbnb, did not put her camera down until 10.30 p.m. <laughs> Damn. What I say, like, that woman was dedicated. And her second shooter, same thing, did not put his camera down until 10.30 p.m. Like, he was just shooting the whole day. That, okay, Shout outs to Sicily and Kevin. I miss you two. I hope you're listening to this podcast. We need to hang out very soon. Yeah, please. I mean, seriously, hang out with him because, like, yeah. he won. He wants to, and two, like, I know he's really helping you up because that sounds like a whole workout. Yeah, I could never do that because I don't know. Yeah. Like for one thing, you know, people who have weddings out there, feed mm. your photographers, please. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they were fed very well. Okay, great, awesome. Yeah. Because they deserve that. Yeah. Because they're putting so much work into the videos and the photos and all mm -hmm. that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, to make that special day mm -hmm. special. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I can see why it's so difficult. Like, I could never do that. Like, the most I've, I, I could do engagements. Yeah, engagements are, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's low, that's less, like, pressure. Yeah. yeah I, Wedding I just, photos, they are supposed to last a lifetime. Yeah. You cannot screw that up. You yeah. screw that up and your whole career is done. Yeah. Because <laughs> you communicate well with the person that's going to engage and then you just have to sneak through wherever you're exactly. going. Exactly, like, yeah. It's, it's just fun to me, right? But mm -hmm. for weddings, it's just... Like not, I'm not saying it's not not fun, but was not like it looks fun, but like eventually you have to capture everything, yeah. Do all the editing, you have to e edit like eight thousand photos or something like that. Like it's yeah. just, I, I think we got two thousand photos back or something like that. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just so mm -hmm. much. I can't, yeah. I can't do that. But now, the photos were beautiful. Oh, I, beautiful. I, I probably have yeah. to look back at it. Yeah, have yeah. To. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that sounds yeah pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah. astrophotography for in my opinion, like. A street is one thing that you can get a grasp on, but it's pretty difficult in my opinion too. Mm -hmm. But astrophotography is also another thing. Like not maybe even astro videography. 
Oh, there's a videography aspect too. Well, <laughs> there's some people do a time lapse, but like that's one of the most videos they would do. Okay, maybe even reels of like slow motion shots of like a meteor shower or something. Yeah, yeah, because oh. I've done that before at Shenandoah Overlook, and it was amazing because me and a few friends like Abel, Safia, you know, we we decided mm-hmm. to not camp out, but like we found a good part of the park where we can see it, mm-hmm. and there was li- very little light pollution. So that's something oh, you got to nice. watch out for. When yeah. it comes to astrophotography, always watch out for light pollution. You do yeah. not want that in your shot. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So we found a good part in the park. We parked our car uh, right there in the lot, and then we had yoga mats oh. that we laid out, and we just laid in there, talked and all, maybe had some snacks here and there. But we also just looked at the sky, and we had our cameras and tripods ready. Mm-hmm. And now, my, considering my camera at the time, my Nikon does not do well in low light, Mm-hmm. The, the pictures came out very grainy, obviously, but mm-hmm. like I try my best to lower the grain in post editing, mm-hmm. in the editing. Mm-hmm. But it was, it did okay. Like it captured yeah. some of the, it, it was, it was okay. But my friend Safia had a Sony, a Sony A6000. Oh. And yeah, for a small camera that does, it, it's very, very compact, right? But it does so much. Yeah. Like it does better in low light. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the ISO goes up to what? I don't remember from the top of my head, but maybe 25,000, maybe more, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I remember correctly, but it, it's really great. It did it did really well for the for the photo she took, and it was amazing. Did better than mine. It was crystal clear, not that much grain. It was mm-hmm. amazing, and we did really well in low light. And the the photo photos she captured, she we were able both able to capture her specifically. She was able to capture the Milky Way, or at least part of the Milky Way oh, that was wow. there. It was nice. It was That's so nice. Insane. That's I know. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of settings to it. You got to have long exposure. Mm-hmm. The shutter speed has got to be like very low mm-hmm. or I guess low. Yeah. Low, yeah. Low. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you have to increase the aperture, I think. Mm-hmm. No, or decrease the aperture, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you got to open it. You got to open focus. it. Yeah. You got to get make sure everything's in focus. Nothing blurred out. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so much. But I mean, I, I find that very difficult. That's my opinion. And aside from that, there's a lot of different niches out there, like wedding photographers, mm-hmm. astrophotography, street photography, mm-hmm. nature, the easiest. Mm-hmm. Abandoned photography. Abandoned photography. Please, I just want to, I just want to touch on that. Please be careful with abandoned photography. I've heard horror stories of people stepping on needles or stuff like that, or the staircases imploding on them. Do your research and be safe and please abide by all the current state federal laws. Por favor. Okay. Yeah. Please. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I mean, cause like I see people do similar stuff like videos and photos mm-hmm. in abandoned asylums. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, right? To me, I just found it, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But I think people need like, there's a certain point where you just, shouldn't do that all the time i think yeah because if one if one thing it, like it's one it could be on federal property and that you can get hit with some big charges when it comes to the feds you that's, gotta be careful with the feds that's one thing yeah number two <laughs> potential asbestos oh i wasn't even thinking about that yeah yeah because that's that one too. thing i bring up to anyone who wants to do something in an abandoned place because mm-hmm. i'm like you know, you got to watch out for that because mm-hmm. it's in there. But it could be black mold. It could be asbestos. It could be. You got to wear a gas mask when you're going in there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, not just for like, I guess, fun or decoration or, mm-hmm. par- or a prop, but yeah, wear a mask in general. You always got to do that. Yep. It's just, yeah, something to keep in mind, but that's, but abandoned photography. Yep. There's fashion, something that we both dabbled in because it's really mm-hmm. nice. So mm-hmm. nice, especially in the studio, in my opinion. Yes. 
You can even do it outside too, but in a studio, in like it's just you have the strobe lights and everything. You can do it. It does mm-hmm. it's really well. Food photography, editorial, mm-hmm. still life, commercial, and so on. Yeah. But but those are a lot of the common ones, you know. And and then portrait photography is another common one. But there's so much into it that you gotta like, I guess, consider when it comes to portrait photography. There's a whole lot to portrait photography. A whole lot. I mean. Gosh, I well, don't think I don't think there's like a set like definition of what portrait photography is because you can do anything with it and everything with it. Well, I, you can do a lot. Well, I guess it kind of depends when you play around with it, or I mm. guess it depends what the purpose of that photo is. Exactly. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. like when we get hit up for any portrait sessions, mm-hmm. at least like for one, probably one of the biggest reasons for it is the uh, LinkedIn and professional photos. Yep, headshots. Headshots. Business headshots. Yeah. Or for like, I mean, because I was recently hit up about a pageant or pageant oh. competition. Oh. Yeah, so obviously they need those, you know, uh-huh. but for professional ones, they, they, there's a lot of those that are needed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because a lot of people look for that, you know, because like when it comes to professional profiles, like good picture is needed. Mm-hmm. And then to get those good pictures, I mean, yeah, you could take it yourself if you know how you how to do it. But yeah, you know, you always hire those good professional photographers to bring in their equipment, their camera, and everything, mm-hmm. and then just take those wonderful, crisp photos. Exactly. So you look appealing. You stand out. <laughs> to, uh, you know, I mean, your potential employer might be like, you know what, I want to hire that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because like, he looks professional. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, but there's a lot of good ones you can experiment with that maybe with angles you can depends how you want to stand out how you want to portray yourself mm-hmm. you know and i'm talking about obviously we discussed this with the client yeah always have a discussion beforehand so on the day of you're not just trying to be like oh do you like trying to figure things out on the fly yeah always go to a portrait shoot knowing what you're shooting how you're going to shoot it so it just goes smooth and there's no bumps in the road yeah exactly yeah like obviously when you do when you're doing that like I for me for example like I would have my portrait lens ready mm-hmm. my any lighting ready shoot away you know just make sure you know how to pose your model but like in this in this in the situation for professional photos mm-hmm. or I guess any competition photos like like for for example for professional photos obviously you want like a side profile sometimes and then like just I'm looking at you obviously upper torso shoulders head mm-hmm. maybe even full body but that's well I don't really like that's kind of a rare occasion, yeah. For me, it's mostly like upper torso, head, shoulders. Sometimes mm-hmm. like just upper torso from like the middle, and then that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for I don't know if you ever heard we're hit up for any fashion competitions like comp cards. No, I mean I've had people inquire about them, but usually with how most of the time when models need comp cards, it's like right away, and I'm never really like available right then and there. Oh, I see, I see. So, yeah. Yeah, luckily, I was in a shoot with someone, mm-hmm. and then they uh, eventually they did tell me before the shoot, like, hey, can we also fit in these comp card shoots and the shots? And I'm like, you know what? We're doing this. We might as well do it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm like, and I, I did it. And then, you know what? She used it, those photos for her comp cards when she went to New York Fashion Week, and those photos are actually well done, in my opinion. And there she actually agreed with it. It was pretty mm-hmm. well done. She was satisfied with it. Awesome. Yeah, and it was, it was just, but those comp cards, you know, not just headshots, but full body. Like, and I'm talking all the way head to toe. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, for those modeling agencies and all those, like, if I, this is New York Fashion Week. 
yeah. you know, you're, you're, they're going to require those comp cards, Very like, true, and the yeah. full body, mm-hmm. side, back, your head, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but that's, uh, that's still portrait photography. And then uh, there's a lot of clients for that. See, but it's professional and technically that those fashion editorial ones that are also professional in some cases, like, like I said, New York Fashion Week. So, so those are probably the most, I don't know if there's any other audience. So like th- those are probably the biggest audiences. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's so much you can put in there. Like there's the moods. You can, you can, I mean, for comp cards, you don't really create a mood. I guess you just. It's just a casual. Yeah, photo. it's just posing. A lot yeah, of, yeah, a casual lot of poses. Casual poses. Yeah. For professionals, same thing. But unless you want to create a mood or like, well, I mean, I never really took a moody f- professional shot of someone. Unless they wanted me to. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, they just have to look professional and stand out, maybe <laughs> even a smile or something. But yeah, it's about it. Yeah. With that, it's very basic, very simple, simplistic. Yep. And you keep it simple. Yeah. yeah. So we're. Okay. I think we're actually already at the market saturation. Yeah. Okay. So portrait photography, like in general, is just anyone can get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a specific niche. Yeah, a newbie can try to get into it, but it'll take a, a bit because you can. I mean, yeah, if you start with the basic camera, like an iPhone and all that, like we talked about before, you can take like iPhones have portrait mode. That's yeah. one way to practice it. You know, very basic. But Definitely. When you get a, an actual camera and you practice portrait mode, you got to learn everything. Like we talked about before, ISO, aperture, shutter speed, and all. Mm-hmm. And you got to not pl- just a, not just press a button and you get a boom, a beautiful portrait. It's it's a lot of different parts to this thing. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to apply that to those professional photos because they're obviously they're going to ask you know they're going to hire you for that reason mm-hmm. you know and then all those like at least for me for shooting at studios like they i mean yeah there's light strobe strobe lights and all that studio lights mm-hmm. panoramic lights and all that you can use to your advantage to create the photo but you need to practice with those too because you know flash is something else that's something to talk about but we'll probably save it for another time definitely yeah but because it's very there's a lot to it actually you got to practice and learn about that it'll take a while but anyone can get into any of these niches you know just a lot of practice yeah um and when you do that you know you there's a once you get in there once you learn when you get into the world of photography you'll stand out in your own way mm-hmm. and when you stand out like i i honestly think you'll grow bigger mm-hmm. like i stood out because of my whole <laughs> because of my whole like not just my work but also my name you got to have a unique name. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one thing I tell people that are starting out, if you want to make a name for yourself, be different. Don't try to be like every other photographer out there. Whenever I go on Instagram, I see about like four or five different shots that all look the same, but they're by five different photographers and because they're trying to emulate this one type of style. So me, I, when I started out, I was trying out a million different things and I just created my own preset, my own little look, because in the end you want somebody to look at your work and not have to scroll to see who took this photo. You want people to look at your work and be like, oh, Emerson took that photo. Oh, Peach definitely took this photo. That's how you stand out. You just got to be different. Don't follow the trends. Be different. Be you. Create your own brand. And the rest is up from there. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can follow a trend if you want to, but like, you got to customize yeah. it and make it your own. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for example, like 
like I'll be honest, like on Twitter, I did follow Brandon Wolfel, and then you probably mm. think he's really well. I mean, I he's do one too. of my favorites in my top five. <laughs> yeah, because actually, I have a he's he's a, I wouldn't say he's an inspiration for me, mm-hmm. but he did mm-hmm. do some shots and photos mm-hmm. before that. Actually. And he's an all around nice guy. I've talked to him on Instagram in my DMs. He's, oh, you have? He's awesome. Yeah, Damn. I've asked him for like advice for certain things, and. He's one of the nicest, nicest human beings. No, that's pretty good. Yeah. Actually, I have my own. I have my own inspo. Have you ever heard of Moody Darkroom? It rings a bell. That's his handle on Instagram. Yeah, Moody Darkroom. Yeah, that rings a bell. I just can't remember. I gotta look. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up right now. For you guys who like, he's my inspo (laughs) because I I love Moody shots because they represent like a feeling that I have inside me. I usually bring in this vibe of shots or photo shoot theme around like the fall and winter time because that's a time when everyone's mood just fluctuates because of the season and when i do that it's just i like to play with the colors and i like to play with the mood that the colors bring out in the whole photo and it's just something to it's i find it mesmerizing because I, like i said i love my colors when i do that it brings a really powerful emotion but it, it looks very moody, like very like you're like you're sad, like like you just went through a really bad breakup or something like that, right? Yeah. I'm or like someone, right. I'm looking at it right. Yeah. Now. Or someone yeah. like you know drank the last drop of orange juice or something, <laughs> like <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> yeah, no. But it's like so. It you look. It looks like full of sorrow. But yeah, that's what I like, and just and that's what I found. That was my specialty. That was my calling, I believe. Yeah, like moody and then moody risque. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a lot a little more. It's like you're in a room and let's say like a hotel room vibe. You have all these neon lights around. Mm-hmm. You play around with it. You create a mood in there. And it just goes from there. And yeah, like Moody Darkroom is one of my inspirations. That's how I stood out too. Because like I said, I dabble with every type of photography mm-hmm. out there as much as I can. I play around with the colors and the editing. Because I don't have an actual personal preset. I probably should do that. Yeah. But it um, makes the editing process a lot. Yeah. Like quicker. I have, yeah, because I have 10 yeah. different presets uh-huh. for different occasions. Like mm-hmm. I play around with the colors as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's no way for people to tell that's my signature mm-hmm. unless probably I put a logo on the photo. But, you know, obviously they'll, they'll find out eventually it was me. But I play around so much with it. Like it's hard to recognize it. But like I took a picture of Chelsea at one point, our friend Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And she's and I added like a Blade Runner type of vibe to it. Why do I feel like I've seen this? Was this at One Two Eight Studio? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> shout out One Two Eight Studios. Really shout great. Out to one two, one yeah. Two shout out Studios. to Lena. She's the host there. She's amazing. <laughs> but that uh, that studio was amazing. It's pretty great. And it was like yeah. on the eighth floor of a building. Yeah. And that photo, I like, got to shoot there. So. It's a, it's awesome. Yeah. But I added like an orange or if you guys ever seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine with Ryan Gosling in it, um, like amazing movie in my opinion like not that the system the cinematography was amazing and then like the futuristic vibe that's my vibe and mm-hmm. like with the colors and everything you know because you've seen i don't know if you ever seen that one video shot of ryan gosling like he looking all beat up with the purple like just you I know i think so yeah it's just all on him and it's just like that's, that that's wow. an amazing shot right yeah there. right and yeah but in one point in the movie there's actually a shot of ryan gosling from a distance you can just, I guess, sort of like a silhouette shot, just his back, just walking in a deserted part. And then the color grading there was all like orangish. And I kind of took that and then made, play with it in our Lightroom and put mm-hmm. it on that. So her photo looking out of the window looks very apocalyptic when I applied that color grading or that preset onto her, her photo. That's interesting. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, but I play around with it so much. Like that's my, mm-hmm. I guess, specialty, like, but it's hard for people to actually recognize it, but when they find out, then I kind of marketed myself out there to a point where I'm like, 
I'm recognizable enough. And in my name, like Peach Magenta Photography, see, like the whole story behind it is because I love peaches mm-hmm. and I love my color, the favorite color magenta and in photography, right? So I said, okay, let me take Peach Magenta Photography. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, right? But yeah, yeah, but I'm like, at the time, it was more of a like like a prototype name, mm-hmm. and never it was never actually meant to pick up. I said, okay, I'll leave it as this until further notice, and eventually, I never changed it, and it stuck. And people started calling me Peach as a nickname. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then it, it got stuck, and then I'm like, I didn't mind it. Uh-huh. And then my, all of my logos are peaches and all that. Yeah, stay peachy. And yeah, exactly. That's my <laughs> that's my motto. I put it at the end of my reels. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> that stay peachy always. Yep. But um, yeah, that's how it originated. And then the name was actually so unique it stuck because I didn't want my first name, last name, photography. Mm-hmm. Like it was just so, and it was just so repetitive with every other photographer out there. They just put their whole name and then just photography. And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. It's the most common thing. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I don't know about that. So, yeah. so Peach Magenta, that's how it came to be. And then, like, I'm out there. People, like, I went to a casting call once. Mm-hmm. No one knew who I was. No models knew who I was. All the photographers, they have no idea who I was, except for Amir, because he knew me. It's because you don't post your face on your exactly. page. Exactly. <laughs> that's another thing. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah because, like, I guess it's kind of hypocritical for me to say this, but, you know, like, and to talk about the marketing yourself, you know? Yeah. But, because my face is not on there, and there's a whole story to that, but mm-hmm. long story short, I was a bit, like, threatened and bullied on Instagram, and then eventually I was like, oh, I'm dang, just, man. I know, I, I was know. like, I just wow. stopped putting my face on there. Wow. Yeah, because I, eventually I will. I've sneaked in my face in a few reels and a few, mm-hmm. maybe people have tagged me and all that, but that's about it. Sure. I'll reveal my face eventually as time goes on. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of regret putting my face on there because a lot of randos at these events walk up to me. And it's just like, <laughs> my, who are you, dude? <laughs> like people, people, I mean, they don't, yeah, they don't really tell me that. Right. Uh-huh. But like, um, but my friend Amir, who's actually another photographer, Townsend mm-hmm. photographer in the photos, mm-hmm. shout out to Amir. Shout out to Amir. And when I went to that casting call, he recognized me, obviously, mm-hmm. because we were friends. Mm-hmm. But other photographers, other models that were there at that casting call, no one knew who I was. Wow. Until uh-huh. I mentioned my Instagram handle. Uh-huh. At that point, everyone was like, oh, my God, you're the peach guy. Oh, my dude, <laughs> you're the guy. Peach Magenta. Oh, my God. I know who you are. Yeah. I love your stuff. And then I'm like, wow. So this is how it is. This is how fame is. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Like when I went to the last time I was at Portrait Meet, like all these people coming up to me, Emerson, oh, my God, it's so great to meet you in person. I'm all like, who are you? <laughs> who, the, dude i've been following you for like three years in my life yeah but, okay, who, are but you? who are you <laughs> like i appreciate the love i appreciate the support i love having fans but like introduce who yourself are you? <laughs> who are you bro like <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah it's just yeah. it's funny it's yeah. kind of funny it's yeah funny. it's fun yeah. yeah but but it's just really it's interesting to me too yeah yeah i mean it's just like it just really blew my mind but, you know, obviously, I my face is not on there, and then people mm. just knew who I was from the handle, and then they, I'm actually glad, that I, I kind of made me feel better about myself, I mean, everything yeah, I do, because I knew, like, people know my work, people know who I am, it's just, mm-hmm. it's interesting, I got recognition, so I'm, I'm glad, I'm pretty satisfied go. with that. Yeah. There you go. And I'm still going strong, I, like, yep. I'm just limiting my post, <laughs> but I'll probably pick it up in a, in a bit, in a, like a few weeks. But like we talked about, there's always different ways you can stand out, too. But that's just a few ways to market yourself. Like Emerson said before, like when yeah. it comes to any meetups or even like through Instagram or social media, you got to always find a ways to network yourself, you know? Exactly. And find and find that signature style that would set you apart from everybody else. 
as well. You don't want to end up kind of lost in the trends, you know? Yeah, because like we yeah. talked about this last episode, but business mm-hmm. cards is one thing. Mm-hmm. Your uh, social medias, mm-hmm. link trees, that's right there is an option. Yeah, shout out to OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, websites, your logo especially, because I have I have my bit of my logo. I still got to yeah. perfect it a bit. You, mm-hmm. you have, have your signature logo. Yeah, yep. and that's pretty mm-hmm. good. And you, po- yep. you posted like in the corner or on the mm-hmm. side or? Side, middle. It's it, it all depends on what website I'm posting a picture on, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people actually put it on the whole damn mm-hmm. photo because their photos have been stolen, probably, and yeah, posed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah. You gotta. You guys put it in a certain size so this way people don't edit it out. Or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <sighs> crazy, crazy world we live in. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, that's marketing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, there's more to touch on, but that's for mm-hmm. later. But but still, there's a lot. You got to put yourself out there. That's the main thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Put yourself out there as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Got to stand out. <laughs> Always stand out. Yep. All right, guys. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, that was what an episode that was. That that was that was great. So much we touched on. Yeah. A lot. S- so many things. Um. Yeah, but th- but that was the episode, and that I hope really awesome. I know for the next episode, you never know what we could, we could talk about. But never know. You never know. Yeah. You It'll just be, gotta tune in. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We might have a guest. Maybe we will. We maybe, maybe we, we will. Maybe we won't. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but keep your ears open. Yeah. Yeah, keep your eyes open too, but ears mostly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fote Bros Podcast. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fote Bros Podcast and follow us on X slash Twitter at Fote Bros.